And you could Airbnb things. You could turn them into subsidized housing, old folks' homes. Who knows? There's all different kinds of things. So just get in the game, make some mistakes, and get a mentor. That'll make things a lot easier. But just do it. Just do something. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey guys, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. This is Marco Kozlowski. I'm joined with Francesco Galluccio and Gabriele Lareish. And this is Caleb. Can't say your last name because... It's really complicated. It's actually easier than Kozlowski, but I just call you Caleb all the time, and you're Caleb. Korzowski. 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 Super cool guy. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, my name is, of course, Marco Kozlowski, the Almost Fearless Leader. Our mission, our vision, our purpose is to give people phenomenal content that is actionable where you can grow your life, your lifestyle, your wealth by riding and surfing on the super appreciation wave using skills, not money, in order to really make a huge impact into your wealth. And in this episode, we're actually going to interview Caleb who is not a stranger to, I think, being interviewed. This is the first podcast I think that you're on. I don't th even think you knew that we're going to shoot a podcast. But surprise, it's a podcast. We're uh, going to just go over the quick timeline. He just did two refinances on a property. We talk about you know how we buy, we optimize, we refinance. He did it a little bit differently than the process generally states, but he did it. And I want to go over A, the, how he acquired an asset, the optimization process around that, and the fact that he refinanced and actually got paid at closing again to do that. He got paid at closing twice, the day he bought it and the day he refinanced it using asset-based lending. And let's we'll get into that those dynamics and congratulations on that. I think you just did a closing where you pulled out two properties, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Congratulations on you on that. And yeah, we'll just go through that process and make this as organic as possible. And if you have not listened to the first 10 episodes on how asset-based lending works, please do. That really gives you the idea of, of the, the whole process, which is if you buy the property at the right price, you can always get the money. The money is never the problem. It's getting the right deal, putting the structure together so you can really do well. And I met Caleb, what, two years ago, around this time of year. I was doing a live event, and I think you came to a live event, and you looked around, you told me that, am I in a group of actors? Am I being uh, scammed over here? What you told me, I'm just repeating it, uh, you, <laughs> you know? And if that's the case, you can uh, confirm or deny it. And uh, you're in Minnesota right now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Nice and cold. Yeah, you're in Minnesota. I so, still have uh, my questions Caleb, about Frank, because he was at that first thing. and I, still I was, think actually. Maybe... I was in Orlando, uh, yeah. just uh, around the corner from here. Mike is there. Yeah, I was in Orlando, just around the corner. You and your wife were attending, and uh, yeah. That was, it uh, became real when we met at Francesco's randomly for dinner. That's right. That's right. You guys were there. And then uh, Marco and I walked into Francesco's, which is a nice Italian eatery uh, near uh, in Orlando. Delicious. Um, Plug yeah, for Francesco's. Free, ad free advertising free right advertising. there. I'll give them free advertising. Yeah, they yeah. deserve it, man. Yeah. Hey, they're good. Yeah, but that's when you did join. That's right. Kudos to you, man. So, mm -hmm. nice to hear what happened. Yeah. Shoot, Caleb. Give us the quick skinny. On this one, obviously, right? Not just the whole, not my whole background. No, no, no. We don't need, we're tired of hearing that one. Well, for the well, maybe just a quick snapshot: what you do for a living now, why you're in real estate. This is a podcast, so I know we have uh, you on testimonials. On, I think at the end of a webinar, we do an interview as well, where you can see Caleb acquire an asset, and now you're seeing the refinance. Not the same asset, but a different one. So people buy more than one. That's usually how it works. So just a quick five, two minute background, if you don't mind. 
I have a blue collar job, basically started getting into real estate in 2018. My wife and I just started buying rentals in our area. We actually bought a vacant. Our second one was a vacant that we rehabbed. So I already had that kind of experience, had some connections around town that, you know, contractors and whatnot joined up with Marco. And when I joined Marco, I think we had three already in our little portfolio. We got, we got the one with Marco. This one came along. It was actually an auction duplex, vacant duplex on an auction. And I had, it was right by the one that I had rehabbed, the one I just explained. So I knew the area. I knew that it had potential. A friend of mine actually had worked on it years past. So I knew that it was had good bones, but I couldn't actually go in before the auction. But when I was checking comps and everything, it was well under, I got it well under half price, you know, as is price at the auction. But it was, of course, you need to have all the cash to close it, which I didn't have. So then using Marco's skills and network, we used a asset-based private lender. I want to say the closing price was like 62-ish thousand. I believe we settled right around 77-ish. So I think I pulled out right around 12 after everything was said and done at closing, which then got the ball rolling to get contractors in there and whatnot. And of course, as everyone knows, when you start doing full rehabs, nothing goes as planned. I had thought that I could get a construction loan through a local bank to do everything, but they said, no, we wanted to do that at close. So that led to being, in retrospect, it's actually a good thing because we had our own money, but we also had to tap into just different 0% credit cards at Home Depot, those kinds of things, got some credit lines in other, in other ways. So it, it kind of it made us flex our creativity muscles, use mostly professional contractors for everything. But then near the end, I stepped in and, and got kind of like Frank did with his hotel, got to the finish line by just kind of doing you know, the work that needed to be done. We work with the city, you know, it's an area where they need a lot of housing. So we were able to get one of the units done before the other, get the license for that one, get a tenant in there. So then we were at least, you know, covering some carrying costs with that tenant, got the second one done, got another tenant in there and then refied and paid off the lender. And then we basically got all of our money back plus a little bit, a couple thousand at the end. So essentially long story short, we got this whole thing done not our own money in the long run, not in the front, but at the end. And now we're cash flowing right around a thousand bucks a month, not our own money. So, so using Home Depot and Lowe's uh, credit card. Actually, a lot of credit card companies are doing that where you're doing the, the, the money transfer, right? They want you to use the credit card and they'll give you 0% for like one year. And you're like, shit. So yeah, you're still using other people's money. You're just being really creative and saying, shit, they're willing to give me a zero loan for one year. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so that, that was very good to get your, well, your construction cost, right? Yeah, we got for the Home Depot one, we got some materials, we got washer and dryers, some appliances. So that was that. And then some of the other credit cards, as you mentioned, we, you know, we got miles. So it's like you, by using their money, you also then get miles and then you do a transfer. And I mean, so. And then you're going on vacation with the miles. Yeah. Coming to Orlando. Cool. There you go. <laughs> Again, you're working on a blue collar job. You work every day and know how hard you work. And your objective, I think, is to stop working. Correct. I think so. I know you love what you do. Stop working for other people. Yeah. We I mean, hear like you, Like you said in the past, <laughs> something along the lines of, if you don't go after your dreams, you're making somebody else's come true or something. <laughs> yeah. If you don't follow your dreams, you're working for someone that did. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you bought the asset, none of your own money, pulled $12,000 out of closing. Had you, you could have gotten more money, have you just asked for it? I think you just under asked for the amount that you needed because you thought it would be cheaper or you were convinced that you were going to get a construction loan on somewhere else. But so it wasn't a lack of necessarily money on the deal. It was a lack of planning on the front end, which is fine. 
And again, you don't have a lot of cash laying around, so you had to get very creative to get cards, credit cards, advances, do whatever you have to do, and it worked out. And it's the struggle was actually very, I love your attitude in that the struggle was something that you're glad that happened, right? Most people are like, oh, I don't have the money, I'm gonna stop. As opposed to, how can I make this work? As opposed to, it's not going to work. And that's really the attitude that it needs to happen when people get involved in the business. It's everything is possible. You just have to figure out the right solution. Yeah, if you planned a little bit ahead, the asset-based lenders that we do have will finance 100%, uh, 100% of, of whatever you were looking for. So you wouldn't have to resort to credit cards. But now that you did, it just opens up another opportunity for you in, in the future. Saying, so you know what? You still have that in your back pocket if needed for whatever case, maybe for carrying costs. And But yeah, if you planned a little bit more ahead, you could have got it all paid and Oh, uh, good. Though. Well, which you still did. You still came out 0%. Ahead, zero. yeah. Actually, you probably, yeah, you still kept out because you're using 0%. He still has the asset, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has cash flow. He has cash flow and he has a loan that, yeah. you know, that is, I'm assuming, a very low interest rate. Mm-hmm. 4%. 4%. Wow. Oh, amortized over 25 years? 30. 30 years. It's actually a commercial loan with a balloon at 15, but it's... We'll yeah, but hold on. Those, anyway, those commercial know? loans at 15, they'll easily refinance you at that point. I would actually... I don't want to tell you what to do, but I would, yeah. Let's not talk about this on this podcast. But yeah, we got, uh, well, that I was able to, we had, we worked with the local bank. So the other refi that you were referring to in the beginning, that was our, the original one we bought. We barely even touched that one. It was a duplex we got for about 72,000. And because the markets come up so much, we had the same type of loan with that same bank and they refied that one, we actually refi- refied three at the, at the same time. So they gave us a deal on closing costs. And since it's commercial lending, it was they just basically restarted the five-year fixed cost, you know, the five-one arm, mm-hmm. and we went from six-ish percent down to four. And then on that one, we were able to, we were able to pull out like sixty-five thousand, just wow. because of appreciation. Good for you, inflation actually. Yeah, well, yeah, that's another yes. that refers to the <laughs> other one, but yeah, the the interesting thing is, like you've mentioned, is just kind of forming those relationships with lenders. And so we had looked at thirty-year fixed other programs that are like investor loans. It quotes some of the closing costs are really high and there's points on points and prepayment penalties and all this stuff. So we just weighed all our options. And the fact that it only took us three years to get to that refi position on the first one, we figured in the long run, it'll just be good to form that relationship with the bank for bigger. You say three years, but you only had it one. You had 14 months, I think it was a total loan amount that you... No, I mean the the other one. The... Gotcha. The one before you met me. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So how was the refinancing process? Something that keeps getting asked. Can you just kind of quickly go over that? It, pretty easy. I mean, again, with this in this scenario, it was easier because of the, our relationship. But basically, you know, with this one, you you know, you fill out a personal financial statement. So <laughs> before doing all this stuff, I was like, "What is that?" You know, I'm like, "I have the savings <laughs> account." But now it's just Marco amazing says to the see same thing. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years what later, to that? have an actual balance sheet and income statement. You know, to go through all those things and. That also was helpful for us as a as a family just to kind of do an audit of where we're at in terms of retirement accounts, you know, all the different things that we've accrued. And then the bank looks at that. They call it like a global financial statement or financial picture. And then based on those things, along with an appraisal, because these are residential, luckily in our area. The thing is, if we, if we would have got this rehab done earlier, I was looking at it about 135 for valuation of the duplex. And by it taking longer, we got to 170 for valuation. So, you know, it's that's the old like Chinese proverb where like, you know, the farmer, the horse, 
he gets a horse and they, they say good luck and they're oh good luck and he said we'll see and then his his son falls off the horse breaks his leg oh bad luck we'll see and then the army comes to recruit him for for the war and his son has a broken leg so he can't go oh good luck we'll see and so that whole idea of just rolling with the punches and something instead of putting judgment to something just see what happens and then just keep forging ahead like you said it's good yeah it is and just maybe on a separate note because you mentioned the personal financial statement i think for everyone listening that's something that important to do is is kind of do an assessment of your your net worth every year that's a better indicator of where you are in life then it would be to just look at your revenues and how much money you're making it's very gratifying if you actually concentrate on this and work on building that year over year so if all your plans are built around what your net worth is going to look like at the end of that year you're going to move ahead a lot quicker than if you're just focused on making money well what you don't measure doesn't grow right so by measuring exactly where you are in the litmus test and creating those opportunities by getting as much into debt as possible, because that's ultimately what you did. You bought an asset, you got into good debt, debt that makes you money. Inflation took care of you, and we're in hyperinflationary times. Things are just going up, 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 and the cost of, even the cost of construction is a lot more when you first started to what it is now, and that's kind of the reason why I was gonna do a complete rehab on my house and went from two million to four million. I'm like, fuck that, I'm not doing that. So I'm gonna leave it just where it is, sell it and buy something where the construction costs were less and I can buy for a better value on someone that really needs to sell. So if ever I want to get rid of my property, but the message here really is if you're talking to another human that is thinking about getting into the real estate business that is working a blue collar and you know, or is wanting out what's your advice? Cause you've just done it, right? You went through the whole process you bought, you went through, now we don't teach buying rehab and selling, you know, you went a little bit off the path, but the big idea is the same, right? You buy it, generate wealth. You didn't sell it, which is great because now it's going up in value. Inflation is going to make this thing worth 200, then 250, then 300, then 400. Then eventually as time goes on, when your kids are your age, it'll be probably worth a million because the dollar is worth so much less at that point. It takes more dollars to buy anything. Just like in 1977, the average price of a property was 22,000 and that same property now is 400,000. Same thing. So what's your advice? For blue collar people, especially, I mean, or anybody, or blue collar, below blue collar, someone that's, you know, just looking at their beer, not having a job, and, you know, saying, I want to get out of my situation. What's your advice? Or blue collar, whatever, whatever you think. I think, especially for blue collar people in general, where we may lack in numbers or paper skills for other people, we have the physical skills to do things. And so if you have any kind of elbow grease abilities, work on the, your weaknesses of maybe not knowing the numbers, not knowing how asset-based lending works. And just, if you know how to fix stuff, go through the process of getting a license per se, or whatever it needs to be in your area. There's tons of money out there that you can find. And then you put your skills to work that you make other people money with or for, and then and get an asset on your own. And if you're the other type of person who doesn't have those skills, find those people in your area, maybe partner up. I mean, there's so many ways you can do it with real estate, especially even small, you know, you guys deal with more bigger properties, but typically, but even small ones, I mean, you could Airbnb things, you could turn them into subsidized housing, uh, old folks homes, who knows, there's all different kinds of things. So just get in the game, make some mistakes and get a mentor. That'll make things a lot easier, but just do it. Just do something. (laughs) Good. Very good. And are you glad you went through the process? Now I am. <laughs> during during the whole time, you know, you know how it is. It's just 
but it's always that thing where at the end you're it's like oh i could do that again <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elbowing frank for those of you that are just listening i'm like what do you think frank was it worth it getting that hotel oh my oh but you know what okay in fairness yes when you don't know the unknown you get scared of shit but going through what you just went through now gives you a better insight on what to potentially expect because everything's not going to be the same but yes you know what i was glad doing the motel and well you are now park yeah. well but listen it's the fear of unknown but what you exactly what you said it's not how it's the who right find someone that who can help you it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to know every piece of the puzzle whatever to put it use your strengths of course but then look for the who all right look for the who not the how right who can help me not how i need to do this all by myself because someone else has the answer that's why you joined the program to begin with is because you knew that you get the answers that you needed and got the result with that and now it's just a matter of scaling well, and that, I was going to say too, with the, it's just, I can weave these experiences into my storytelling. So I've been on phones with agents, you know, talking about either value add or what, whatever. So I can throw in construction jargon, tuck pointing. Does this, what does this look like from a plumbing perspective? How are the mechanicals? Is it forced air boiler, which is pretty simple, but you know, if you can kind of weave in a story of like, literally when we were doing the rehab, my contractor cracked open the drain pipe, you know, for the toilet and just feces flooded out into the basement and so that was a whole cleanup day that put us back I mean, but then i can say that to now and i have these agents telling me about this great value add i can say literally we had shit all over the floor recently and i don't really need to go through that again so that does that spell fuck drop the price i don't know if i can swear or not i'm trying to keep your family fuck friendly. with an s i don't know <laughs> i think that spells fuck no that's what no, that spells it's all good spells but it, it's not just the jargon i believe you can also weave in your experience of actually getting through the process of a rehab and a deal where that's something that you know the, it'll it'll just buy you the experience that you need into getting into your deals so. which gives you more confidence as well when you're and credibility and credibility which allows you to get more money because you know you have been there done that so you're cutting your teeth and experience and it shows when you're communicating a lot more relaxed you know what you're talking about you're not trying to impress anyone this is just how it really is and you know one of the reasons you'll get more and more in deals a lot faster is because of that whole process so it's pretty good and I think for the listener, it's important to know that Caleb also works hard. He just he does. doesn't just, you know, this didn't just happen to him. He put in the effort, put in the time, a lot of questions, you know, but that's what it takes. And you can't just get a mentor and coast. You need to do shit, which is S-H-I-T. <laughs> that's F-U-C-K-I-N-G-R-I-G-H-T, exclamation mark. Yes. Yes. All right, well. That's that. Caleb, any parting words? If you think the market's too crazy to get in right now, I would say there's plenty of deals to be found. So don't be afraid of just kind of, if you look at a hundred deals, you might get one. So don't just stop it after 10 and be like, this market's too hot. Keep going. I'm going to add to that. And it's the markets, the deals are created. They're not even found. So if you know what you're doing, you can create as many deals as you want and monetize as many deals as you want as well. When you follow process, if the market's going up, down or sideways, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Well, Thanks so much, Caleb. Congratulations. Well done. High five. Very nice. And thanks, boys, as well, for helping me out with Caleb. Again, if you like this podcast, like it, love it, share it, and please comment. And if you have any topics that you want us to discuss, be delighted to do that. Again, thanks so much, uh, Caleb. Have yourselves you know, and your family uh, great success. Happy holidays as well. You too. And uh, if you're listening to this in, shortly when this is being broadcast, uh, we're right in holiday season. And having an extra 65 grand during the holidays is not going to be a rough Christmas for you and your family so well done thanks guys <laughs> thank you <laughs> have a great day bye for now
If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.